0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you listen to this, please welcome to the Market Color podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is focused on providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to provide you with a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment, where we review the performance of the major markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. Uh, this podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That's why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This podcast may also be useful to fund managers and investors, professionals in the financial services sector, business owners and leaders, as well as Kenyans in the diaspora who are looking for investment opportunities back at home. This week, we're reviewing the performance of the Kenyan market during the 37th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 12th, to Friday, the 16th of September. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick it off in the UK, where inflation slowed down in the month of August as fuel prices also fell. However, food prices continue to rise as the country's cost of living crisis continues to bite. According to estimates published on Wednesday by the Office for National Statistics, the UK's Consumer Price Index rose 9.9% annually, which was below a consensus focus of 10.2%, and was also down from July's inflation figure of 10.1%. Core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy prices, was up 6.3% year on year. The UK has been hit by a historic cost-of-living crisis as food and energy prices skyrocket. Meanwhile, across the Atlantic, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that the US Consumer Price Index unexpectedly rose in the month of August, even as gas prices eased off. The headline index was up 8.3% on an annual basis, while the core consumer price index, which strips out volatile food and energy prices, rose by 6.3% year over year. Staying in the U.S., the Census Bureau reported on Thursday that U.S. retail sales in the month of August was sluggish but better than expected as price increases across various sectors offset a significant drop in gas station receipts. Inflation as measured by the Consumer Price Index rose 8.3%, while retail sales increased 9.1% suggesting that consumer spending had outpaced inflation in the year to August. In the U.S. equity market, stocks fell on Friday as Wall Street was headed for a big losing week. This came on the back of a dismal earnings warning from FedEx, which caused its shares to plunge about 24%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 306 points, whilst the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite slid 1.2% and 1.6% respectively. The three major averages were on pace for their fourth losing week in the past five, and for the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average declined by 4.7%, while the S&P 500 was 3.8% lower, and the Nasdaq Composite declined by 6.2%. During the week, the entire U.S. Treasury yield curve saw a dramatic shift upwards. This was after a hotter-than-expected inflation report, which has led investors to expect the Federal Reserve to hike interest rates at its next meeting on the 20th and 21st of September. The yield on the two-year Treasury bond which is a good indicator of monetary policy, hit a high of 3.9%, but later settled at 3.87%. The yield on the 10-year Treasury was down slightly at 3.45%, while the yield on the 30-year Treasury rose more than three basis points to 3.52%. In the Chinese stock market, Prices fell across the board on Friday despite positive economic data which beat expectations. Both the onshore as well as the offshore Chinese yuan weakened past the 7 yuan level versus the U.S. dollar. This was after the People's Bank of China initially set the daily midpoint at 6.93 before it declined and was last recorded at 7 Shifting focus to the commodity markets, oil prices were on track for a weekly decline on fears of continued rate hikes by the major central banks in order to curb elevated inflation. However, rate hikes have the unintended consequence of slowing down economic growth as well as the demand for fuel. Brent crude settled 51 cents higher at $91.35 per barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark, WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, ended the day flat at $85.10 per barrel. Both benchmarks were headed for their third consecutive weekly losses, hurt partly by a stronger U.S. dollar. Both Brent and WTI are down by 20% just in the third quarter of 2022. The price of Marban oil, which Kenya imports, increased to just below $95 a barrel as compared to $89 the previous week. Gold prices eased for a fourth consecutive session on Friday to hit their lowest levels since April 2020, The higher-than-expected U.S. Consumer Price Index cemented the view that the Fed will hike rates by at least 75 basis points at its next policy meeting this coming week. Bullion is highly sensitive to rising dollar interest rates as they increase the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset. Spot gold rose 0.6% to $1,673 per ounce. Gold prices have fallen about 20% since March when the price crossed the key $2,000 per ounce level. On the currency front, Friday saw the sterling pound mark the 30th anniversary of Black Friday by falling to a fresh 37-year low versus the U.S. dollar. This was on the back of a weaker-than-expected retail sales report that reinforced fears that Britain's economy was slowing down. The pound at its lowest level versus the dollar fell to 1.1351 US dollars, its lowest level since 1985. For your information, Black Wednesday happened on the 16th of September in 1992, which was when Britain crashed out of the exchange rate mechanism, a system that had been designed to reduce currency fluctuations prior to the launch of the euro. In a nutshell, the global economy is entering what could become a protracted period of weak economic growth and elevated inflation which was initially triggered by the COVID-19 pandemic and has now been compounded by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The combination of the war in Ukraine and the lockdowns in China have led to supply chain disruptions, which have raised the risk of stagflation, where prices are increasing against a backdrop of a slowing global economy. And now we change scene to the Kenyan markets, We start off by looking at exchange rates. During the week under review, the Kenya shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies. The Kenya shilling was changing hands at 120.41 versus the U.S. dollar and against the sterling pound at 139.27 and versus the euro at 120.71. And against the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was exchanging for 31.68 Ugandan shillings and 19.37 Tanzanian shillings, and to the Rwandese franc at 8.61. Please note that the exchange rates quoted in this podcast are those derived from the Central Bank of Kenya website. However, they may not be a true reflection of the real exchange rates available in the foreign exchange market. This could be due to a dislocation in the interbank forex market, where in a free market, price discovery is supposed to take place without interference from the regulator. Whilst the Kenyan shilling remains relatively stable in the short term, the long-term outlook for the Kenyan shilling remains bleak. This, as the local unit continues to depreciate versus the US dollar, mainly driven by local demand for the greenback, which far exceeds the supply side as the country continues to import way more than it exports. Looking at the data, we see that over the past two years, the Kenya shilling has depreciated from a rate of 101.35 that was recorded on the 2nd of January 2020 to the current levels of 120.41 a decline of about 19%. On foreign exchange reserves, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.372 billion. That is equivalent to 4.2 months of import cover. And this is compliant with the central bank's requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. However, suffice it to say that we are now on the verge of breaching this cover, which is a clear indication of how foreign debt repayments have drained the country's reserves. In addition to the potential breach, we also note the significant decline in reserves from a peak of $8.81 billion that was recorded on the 30th of December 2021 to the current level of $7.372 billion. A decline of 1.438 billion US dollars in a period of just eight months. And for some good news, we now look at remittances. The inflow of diaspora remittances in the month of August 2022 totaled $310 million compared to $313 million in August 2021, a decline of 0.8%. The cumulative inflows for the 12 months to August 2022 totaled $3.99 billion compared to $3.48 billion for the same period in 2021, which was an increase of 14.7%. The strong remittance inflows continue to support the country's current account and the stability of the Kenya shilling exchange rate. The USA remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for 58% of the inflows in the month of August 2022. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank money markets deteriorated during the week as tax remittances far exceeded and offset government payments. Commercial bank success reserves in relation to the cash reserve requirement, currently set at 4.25%, stood at 20 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 3.99%, compared to 4.16% the previous week. During the week, the average number of interbank deals increased to 34 from 26 while the average value traded also increased to 21.8 billion shillings from 13.1 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, The weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 16th of September, and the Central Bank received bids totalling 23.3 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 97%. However, the Central Bank ended up accepting only 17.3 billion shillings. Interest rates remained relatively stable, with the 91-day rate rising by 4 basis points to 8.95%, and the 182-day rate ticked up by 1.6 basis points to 9.61%, while the 364-day rate remained unchanged at 9.91%. Treasury bills are a short-term investment with maturities of less than one year, They are sold at a discount, which means that the amount you invest is less than the face value, and it's only on maturity that you receive the full face value. The minimum investment amount is 100,000 shillings. For more information, please visit the Central Bank of Kenya website for a detailed guide on how to invest in treasury bills. In the primary bond market, The monthly treasury bill auction was held on Wednesday the 14th of September. The Central Bank of Kenya had offered for sale two reopened fixed-coupon treasury bonds and received bids totalling 46.1 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 50 billion shillings, representing a performance of 92%. However, of the 46 billion shillings received, the Central Bank only accepted 39 billion shillings. The results of the auction were as follows. The first bond, FXD1, stroke 2022, stroke 010, with 9.6 years left to maturity, central bank accepted 25.6 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 13.949%. The second bond, FXD1, stroke 2022, stroke 015, with 14.5 years left to maturity, the central bank accepted 13.4 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 13.983%. Treasury bonds are a medium to long-term investment, and their maturities can range from one year up to 30 years. There are many different types of treasury bonds, but their basic operations are similar. For example, most bonds will pay out interest every six months for the duration of the bond, and at maturity, they pay out the face value amount. The minimum investment amount for bonds is 50,000 shillings. For more information, please visit the Central Bank of Kenya website for a detailed guide on how to invest in treasury bonds. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange, during the weekend review, the stock market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE 20 and the NSE 25, declining by 6.6%, 2.2%, and 5.5% respectively. This takes the year-to-date performance to losses of 21% for the NASI, 9% for the NSC 20, and 16% for the NSE 25 The market's performance was mainly driven lower by losses recorded by large-cap stocks, such as Safaricom, which plummeted 9.2%, KCB Group nosedived by 8%, NCBA shed 7.7%, and East African breweries lost 7.2%. The only major stock that recorded a gain was Sunlam Kenya, which was up 5.5%. Market capitalization also declined by 6.6%, whilst equity turnover increased by 32%. In related news, Equity Bank has concluded negotiations to buy Spire Bank. The deal will see Mwalimu Sako, which owns Spire Bank, pay Equity Bank an additional 1.7 billion shillings to cover the excess liabilities. Equity Bank will take over about 900 million shillings in assets and 1.3 billion shillings in liabilities. Looking at the economic calendar, the focus next week is on the major central banks as they meet to decide on monetary policy and interest rates. First in line is the People's Bank of China, which meets on Tuesday. This is then followed by the U.S. Federal Reserve, which meets on Wednesday, and on Thursday by both the Bank of Japan as well as the Bank of England. Next up is the topical issue. This week, we are looking at the Treasury's borrowing program. In the September bond issue, the Central Bank of Kenya was looking to raise 50 billion shillings, but received bids totalling 46 billion shillings. In addition to that, the Central Bank rejected a further 7 billion shillings and ended up accepting only 39 billion shillings. This was also the case in the first two months of this fiscal year as the government has so far issued three bonds seeking a total of 110 billion shillings but has only managed to raise 54 billion shillings. This could be due to the fact that commercial banks are holding back on investing in new longer dated bonds due to the potential for revaluation losses as the yield in the secondary market continues to rise. In the current fiscal year, the budget deficit is projected at 862 billion shillings, with the government planning to finance these mainly from the domestic market by borrowing up to 580 billion shillings. However, as at the end of last week, the Treasury had raised only about 10% of this target, vis-a-vis a prorated expectation of 16%. This means that the Treasury remains behind target in its borrowing program for the current fiscal year. The government has limited financing options as the country is currently unable to tap the international markets due to the high-risk premium that foreign investors are now demanding. This is partly due to the global economic environment, but mainly due to the potential for debt distress given Kenya's huge debt burden. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, in addition to our usual audio channels, that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, The Market Color Podcast is now available on YouTube. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. And a special thanks to Alex Chamwada, the host of the Daring Abroad TV series, for listening to the Market Color podcast and giving some positive feedback. Thank you, Alex, for the morale boost. And to all our listeners, as we approach 1,000 downloads, thank you for your continued support. And as usual, I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And until then, please remember, in the long run, consistency beats talent. Thank you and God bless.